are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? That was wonderful. And might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and graphic designer. So please check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got a, you know, it's an MLB offseason, so we got an interesting show for you, but not because of the offseason, because the MLB offseason has not been the least bit interesting. But we did get a rumor about a superstar pitcher who might be available on the trade market, so I'll tell you why the Diamondbacks should go after him and who that is exactly. We'll look at three uh, shortstop options for the D-backs on the market right now. We'll go through their pros and cons, courtesy of MLB.com. And then finally... Another article on MLB.com, they do the perfect offseason fit for every team, the perfect signing. So I'll tell you who that is and why the Dimebacks should go after them. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. All right, and don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account and at LockedOnDiamondbacks on Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, let's get into it. And I want to first talk about that superstar pitcher who is now available on the trade market. You guys might know who that is. Maybe because you just saw him in the World Series. It is Blake Snell, and rumor has it that Tampa Bay Rays might be on the market and might be looking to move him. Now, apparently, they're not actively shopping him, but they're letting you know. If you guys call us with a good offer, we're not going to just hang up the phone immediately on you. We're letting you know, hey, if you call us and ask about Blake Snell, well, listen, we'll, we'll have an open ear because... The Rays, we know, are one of the worst teams in terms of attendance. They're a team that really does struggle with their revenue, and the pandemic did not hurt Blake Snell. So they might be looking him, looking to trade him to clear some of that cap space. Or excuse me, I don't know why I always say cap space. I, I'm a big basketball guy, but there's no cap space with baseball. But they want to get under that luxury tax and actually, you know, save some of their money and actually. Uh, you know, just save some of their money, really. And it's not like Blake Snell's on some crazy contract. He has uh, three years left with $39 million remaining on a five-year, $50 million extension. So it wasn't like he got a crazy contract. The guy who just won the Cy Young, a five-year, $50 million extension. I think that's a pretty reasonable pretty reasonable price. And he's still a guy only 27 years old. And we know he's a stud. Now, I don't know how good he is in terms of his ceiling. I don't know if he's on a tier of the the Zach Greinke's in his prime. You know, the Biebers today, the... The Scherzers, all the elite pitchers that we see in today's baseball. Trevor Bauer, I don't know 
if uh, I don't know if he's on that level, I don't know if Blake Snell is on that level. I do think he's the number one starter, but most of that is because of what I saw him do his Cy Young year. But ever since, outside of his Cy Young year, it's not like he's been a super dominant pitcher. Came in as a rookie. He was pretty good as a rookie. Three five four ERA in eighty nine innings in eighty nine innings pitch. In the second year, his ERA went above four, only four oh four ERA. Nothing, you know, not too high. But he only had an eight point three strikeouts per nine in the second year. But that third year, that's the year he did win that Cy Young. You know, dominant, led the American League in ERA plus, had the lowest hits per nine in the American League, eleven flat strikeouts per nine. He had a hundred and eighty innings pitch, had a one eight nine ERA. So he was really good that season and. Outside of 2018, he, he's never really been as dominant as he was when he won the Cy Young Award. In 2019, he regressed a little bit once again. He started looking like 2017 Blake Snell with a 4-2-9 ERA. His whip was a 1-2-7-1, which was pretty close to 2017 when it was a 1-3-3. And then in 2020... He, he bounced back, uh, I think, a major way. He was pretty good in 2020. He had a 3-2-4 ERA, but he did lead the American League in wild pitches. And his whip was still pretty close to last year, 1.2, but did improve a little bit. So, last three years, strikeouts per nine above 11. And his hits per nine has been about a 7.8. So, he's been striking out, dudes. He gives up hits at a you know decent rate, not really too crazy. But where he really gets you is... That second or third time through the lineup, because we saw it. We saw why Kevin Cash, or I, honestly, no one knows why, but we believe the reasoning is because analytics tell you uh, Blake Snell is not as good, you know, the second or third time through the lineup, usually the third time through the lineup. That's actually true. I was actually looking at his splits throughout his career. Blake Snell, innings one through three, he's pretty good. He has a ERA about a three flat, but if you look at innings four and five in his his inning, his ERA in inning four is a three seven one, and then his ERA in inning five is a four point two. Those are his worst two innings because after that it actually starts to go back down a three three eight in the sixth and a one three five in the seventh. So that actually tells you that second or third time through the lineup he, he'll struggle. But if he could get through that struggle, then he'll be able to bounce back and start putting these hitters away again. So. Blake Snell, I think, is a stud, and I think for his contract, I don't think he's making that much money. I, I really like a guy who's only making about $10 million a year. I, I, that's not a deal that's, you know, breaking the bank, I feel like. And, yeah, your two highest-paid players on the D-backs are going to be your pitchers, you know, Madison Bumgarner and Blake Snell, but isn't that where you want your money to go? Don't you want your money to go into an investment like your pitching? That's like a team saying, yeah, our, our, our two highest-paid players are our quarterback and our left tackle, like, that's where you want your money to go, and he's scheduled to get 10 and a half in 2021, 12 and a half in 2022, and 16 in 2023. So his contract is definitely backloaded, but for a guy who's won a Cy Young, for a guy who just went on the World Series stage and pitched like a beast, for a guy who we just saw go through the playoffs and look pretty good in the postseason. I mean, his ERA in the ALDS wasn't too good. He did have a great ALDS, but ALCS, only three earned runs in nine innings and only three earned runs in 10 innings in the World Series. So I think this is a big game pitcher and I'm hoping Madison Bumgarner could have a bounce back too because if 
you can, if you can get to the playoffs and have Madison Bumgarner and Blake Snell as your one and two, then you got two guys who you know can just perform on the big stage. I don't care what their numbers are going to be necessarily in the regular season because if you ever watch Rajon Rondo in basketball, he's another guy. doesn't really matter what he does in the regular season because when he gets to the playoffs, he hits another level. And that's why I believe Blake Snell and Madison Bumgarner would do on the Dimebacks if they were able to make the playoffs. So I'll go out there, I'll acquire Blake Snell. I don't think I would give up a ton for Blake Snell because I don't know how sold on uh, I am on him as being an elite level starting pitcher. But being a guy, if if he's my number two, I mean, in this, on my staff, on the D-back staff, he would be the number two behind Zach Allen with Madison Bumgarner as the number three. I think that would build a pretty nasty staff and maybe take some of the pressure off Bumgarner. So I would do if I was the Arizona Dimebacks. Now, segueing to this other MLB.com article, best free agent, uh, a perfect offseason is how they titled this article. A perfect offseason for every team based on the one player that they could sign that would help them out tremendously. And for the Arizona Diamondbacks, MLB.com actually, uh, they actually have Joke Peterson as the guy that they would say would uh, help the D-backs get a perfect offseason. And Peterson is definitely a guy I'm definitely intrigued by. He's definitely been a guy I talked about before on this podcast. He's not a world beater when it comes to contact hitting. Only a career 230 hitter. Gets on base a decent amount of time, about 34% of the time. But he's a slugger. He's a power hitting guy. He's a career 470 slugging percentage. And before 2020, his slugging went 538, 522, 495. So he's got big slugging numbers. 2018 and 2019 at an OPS above 840. He had 36 home runs in 2019. He's had at least 25 home runs in four seasons. So this is a guy who has that 30 home run potential, can get on base about 35% of the time. I would like Joe Peterson. I don't think he would break the bank either. And the D-backs need a center fielder. So it would fill that hole. It would add some extra pop to the lineup. And it would help protect the middle of the lineup like your guys like Christian Walker and Aketa Martin. I think you could put Peterson in that number three slot in this D-backs team. And you could have yourself a hell of a lineup if you could add a power hitting slugger like a Joe Peterson. So I would like it. He's been an all-star before back in 2015. He's He's not the most elite guy, but if I could get 25 home runs and get uh, you know some better product, some better production from behind the plate than uh, than a Cole Calhoun, he, he's basically like the rich man's Cole Calhoun, I believe. So if I could get a player like that and Joe Peterson and sign him for a, a deal, maybe eight million a year, I think I would definitely give Joe Peterson a deal like that. Now coming up. I'll go through three shortstops that maybe the D-backs should target and go through their pros and cons. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back, more improved, and more delicious than ever before. They had 18 amazing flavors, but now they have six new flavors. Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. The reason why I love Built Bar is because they're not just... They're not just covered in 100% chocolate, which I just think is delicious. And they're not just both soft and easy to chew, which just makes them even that much more enjoyable. But get this, they're actually healthy. Now, I'm a health conscious guy. I try to go to the gym when I can. And so I love eating candy, but you can't do it when you're trying to go to the gym and work out. So you grab a Built Bar. It it tricks you. makes you think you're eating a candy bar because it's so delicious. But it's it's actually a protein bar. And it's low calorie, it's low sugar, it's high protein, and it's high fiber, so it's great if you got that keto diet. Now, 
If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, they reset their promo code for this relaunch. You could get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it. Let's look at those three shortstops, courtesy of MLB.com, because they already broke down the pros and cons for us, so it's easier easier for us to decide if the Diamondbacks should go after any of them. So we'll look at them, we'll break them down one by one, and then we'll figure out after breaking them down, after going through their pros and cons, whether the Diamondbacks should go after them or whether the Diamondbacks should just pass on them. So let's first start over here with Didi Gregorius, and I know you guys know who Didi Gregorius, Didi Gregorius, Didi Gregorius is because he's a former Diamondback. He used to, uh, you know, wear the good old D-backs uniform back in the day. He only wore it for a year back in 2014, and it was really, you know, pre-Didi before he really broke out. Only played 80 games that season, but that after Didi left the D-backs, he just took off his whole career took off and he's been a power hitting slugger ever since uh you know since 2016 actually dd has 98 home runs only two shortstops have more since 2016 trevor story excuse me trevor story and francisco lindor those are the only two so this guy dd degorius is a stud when it comes to power and he's a lefty which makes it even more rare you don't see too many Power hitting lefty shortstop. So to get, you know, 25 plus home runs from your shortstop is major. And the last couple seasons have been a little injury riddled. That's his biggest issue, probably. The pros are he's a sweet power hitter. He's a shortstop that can, you know, take those balls long for a ride and give you great run production from your shortstop position. Really be an offensive tool, you know, get you a pretty solid batting average, usually around 270, you know, 25 home runs, 80 ribbies. You'll definitely take that. From your shortstop, but the cons of DD DD Gregorius DD the cons of DD Gregorius he doesn't play elite defense. He really struggles on that end, and he's a straight pull hitter. So if you don't have the kind of stadium that really impacts him, that helps him out, like a Yankee Stadium or a Philly Stadium, you're not gonna get full. You're not gonna get full DD. You're not gonna maximize his potential. So I don't know if Chase Field's a perfect place for DD, but. I do think uh, I do think he's a nice shortstop, and I'll get into whether the D-back should actually go after Didi or not. But right now, he's a pretty nice shortstop, and he he's definitely one of the bigger names at the shortstop position on the free agent market. And the second second shortstop that the D-backs could look to go after is Marcus Simeon, who was an AL MVP candidate just back in 2019, and. That's probably the biggest pro about him. He, he almost won the MVP. How could you not want a guy who almost won the MVP? He had an insane war last year. I believe he had was second or third in war. I, I know he was top five in war. So he had an insane war. He had an insane season. Had power. He hit for average. He did pretty much all of it. And he's a great clubhouse guy, a leader in that Oakland clubhouse, which is a little cliche. But he is you know really important in that aspect in terms of team chemistry and helping you win games. But the cons about Marcus Simeon, kind of like the cons with D.D. Gregorius. His, 2020 to, his 2019 to 2020 was a huge drop-off, one of the biggest drop-offs 
in MLB history, really, because his 213 OPS decline was major and his batting average dropped all the way to 230. His average dropped to 223. He slugged 374 after topping off at 500 last season. So his numbers across the board just went down. And defensively, that was really one of his hallmarks in 2019. It was a pretty solid, above average defender. Part of the reason why the war was so dang high, but 2019, if you look at his, or excuse me, 2020, if you look at his defensive run saved, if you look at his ultimate zone rating, they all went down and Simeon was just not the same kind of player. So is he a kind of guy that the D-back should go after, you know, being an MVP candidate in 2019, then regressing in 2020? Maybe I'll get into that in just a second. But now let's finish off with the third candidate, and that is Andrelton Simmons, who is basically, you know, another version of Nick Ahmed. Super stout defensive player. Biggest pro about him is that he's probably a better defensive player than Nick Ahmed, which is crazy to say because that dude is one of the best ever. He could be a Hall of Famer just based off his defense because he's a wizard with a glove. And he's a pretty, you know, he's a solid offensive player, which is probably the biggest con about him. Uh, He's not an offensive stud, just like... uh, just like Nick Ahmed, his defense is definitely his calling card. Definitely his calling card. He can hit for a solid average because he hit for 297 this year, 270 for his career, but only three home run, only three seasons with double-digit home runs, which was 14 back in uh, 2017. But in 2017, actually finished eighth in MVP voting because of how stellar his defense is, and he's a guy who gets you double-digit stolen bases, could get you double-digit home runs. So he's really like a 12 home run, 12 stolen base kind of guy. But he could bat you 280, get you get on base about 33% of the time, and have a you know. Decent slugging, I guess. He's not really much of a power hitter at all. So it's really all defense is what you get with Simmons with pretty solid contact as well. But he, he's definitely a guy that the, that the maybe the D-back should look after just because he is an upgrade over Nick Ahmed. Maybe a slight upgrade at that, but he is an upgrade over Nick Ahmed. So maybe the D-back should look at him as well. So now that we broke down these three shortstops, realistically, which of these players should the D-backs go after? So let's Go back to the top. Let's start with D.D. Gregorius. And he's a guy who does have a history with the D-backs. And I think that would actually hurt him. I don't know how much he enjoyed his time with the team. The fact that he broke out right after, I don't think that plays well for the D-backs. And D-backs love to play solid defense. It's one of their calling cards as a team. And D.D. just doesn't fit that profile. Now, he is a power-hitting slugger, but he's going to be entering his early 30s. He's always injury prone, and I'm worried of the kind of contract he's going to demand being he's one of the only power-hitting lefty shortstops in all of baseball. So I do think he wants a decent contract, and I think he might be out of the D-backs price range. I don't know if he's the kind of player the D-backs want to go after as well, if he fits their kind of uh, if he's the kind of player that fits their team and what they want to do as a team. So for that reason, I'm out on DD. Next up, we got Marcus Simeon. And Simeon is a guy who I think the D-backs should go after. Now, I do think the fact that he had such a poor 2020 is alarming. And the fact that really just his 2019 is the best thing that he has going for him. But he did have 27 home runs back in 2016. So we've seen the power before. Has no seasons that's really comparable to the one that he had in 2019 in terms of 
overall production, but he's still a guy that's been pretty good throughout his career. He's still a guy that's definitely shown the power before, and he's going to be only 30 years old next season. So I think if you could get him for a two- or three-year deal, is a guy that gets on base at a pretty solid rate when he is right, which is really just 2019. So he's an enigma. He's the most curious guy on this list, and he definitely only has really the one season that could – Proved to uh, only has the one season really on his resume that could show people why they should take a chance on him. But I'll take a chance on him if he could do that 2019 season again or come close to it, do 90% of that for the Diamondbacks. That's a huge upgrade, I think, over Nick Ahmed. So for that, I would try and go with Marcus Simeon over Nick Ahmed. And then finally, Andrelton Simmons. I'll make this one quick. I wouldn't go after Simmons because I do think he just. Uh, a souped up Nick Ahmed when it comes to defense. And it, I don't think it's that much. I mean, Nick Ahmed is one of the best defensive shortstops in all of baseball. And I'm not really getting upgraded over offense with Simmons. And, you know, I might take Nick Ahmed when it comes to, uh, I might take Nick Ahmed over Simmons when it comes to offense because Ahmed has been improving that area. So because of that reason, I'm also going to be out on Andrelton Simmons. That's it for this edition of the Locked on D-backs podcast. Come back tomorrow for more D-backs news coverage and insight because it's your team every day. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 and at Locked on Dimebacks on Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. As always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!